What's up, you guys? I am Micah Folsom, and you're listening to the Do Your Crap Podcast. I was overwhelmed, uninspired, and unfulfilled, and I knew there had to be a different way to do life. Turns out, there totally is. And I found my calling in helping people learn and do the unsexy habits that build a legendary life. Each and every week, I'm going to help you bust through the crap that's holding you back and break down the simple habits and mindset shifts that will help you rock every aspect of your life. Are you ready to do the things that most people won't so that you can live the life that most people can't? Here we go. Welcome back to the Dear Crap Podcast. This is your host, Micah Folsom, and y'all are in for a treat today. We have an awesome guest with us today. His name is Andrew McConnell. And he has a plethora of wisdom and experience and knowledge and a really, 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 really long bio of business experience and really rad things that he's done. I'm going to share with you a few of them because I do think it's important that you understand who he is, but you guys, this conversation is so good. I'm so excited for you guys to dig into this. Um, his story is not your typical Silicon Valley fairy tale. He was born in Birmingham, Alabama. He was raised in a neighborhood built on a former tobacco field population, 50,000 through stoicism and Southern grit. He managed to graduate Harvard college, Harvard law school, and university of Cambridge with honors all while becoming a member of the USA open water swimming national team. He also earned an international bronze medal in the process. Entering the work world, he took a while to find his footing, bouncing from banker at Merrill Lynch to attorney to consultant before finally striking out on his own. By deploying the ancient philosophy of stoicism, Andrew eventually took the company he founded from less than $200,000 in revenue to nearly $10 million in under three years. Y'all, that's a 50x increase. He um, rented is now a two-time 500 Inc. 500 winner and the growth continues. So he has all of this business experience. He has all of this knowledge of stoicism and ancient philosophy and all of this good stuff that he's applied in his life. And he wrote a book. And so his drive to share encouragement, resources, understanding, and techniques have led to the creation of this book. It's called Out of My Head, Creating Modern Clarity and Stoic Wisdom. He is eager to continue sharing his message with executives, students, early career professionals, life hackers, tech workers, fitness enthusiasts, and y'all are in for a treat with this one. And another shout out to his book, you guys. You're going to love him. You're going to love the conversation. Go get his book. This is the stuff that will impact your life in such a huge way. So no more chatting from me. I want you guys to hear from him. Let's turn it over to the conversation. All right, Andrew, I am so pumped to have you on the show. First and foremost, welcome. Thank you, Micah. Of course. All right. You have a beefy bio, like so, so, so much experience and wisdom in the field of like just in business and growth, I want our listeners to really understand how you got to this point in your life. Like how did all of that lead to this passion of yours to really help people and make an impact and do the work that you're doing right now? Yeah. So, I mean, I think like a lot of people there, I went through these phases of identity, 
right? Mm-hmm. I, I was an athlete, right? I was a national team athlete. I was a D1 athlete, right? And then I got hurt and I wasn't competing at the same level I was used to. Like, well, who am I? Oh, I'm a student. Great. I'm in school. I have a, a ready-made identity off the shelf. I'm a student. <laughs> and that goes for a while. And then you're out of school and you're like, well, what are you? Oh, I'm a McKinsey consultant. That's who I am. That's what I am. I wear the uniform and I go do this. And then I'm like, well, but I'm not really enjoying this all this much. Like, is that who and what I want to be? And so then there've been steps, right? I start companies, uh, I write books, write blog posts. And I think where this book and and a lot of this all all came together was realizing I'm not a thing. I am me. Mm. And I get to shape who me is. I, I get to evolve that. I get to grow and develop. And these were the book, you know, it's, it's some hard won lessons uh, that I've learned through all those phases of my life and have found I, I've gotten to meet fascinating people, right? Navy SEALs and social activists and artists and musicians and Olympians. And they deal with the same stuff and they do it really, really well. And finding that we do it, we come to the same methodologies from different approaches yeah. and saying, wait, what? what is underpinning all of this? Uh, and there's this just innate humanness to all of us that we're learning to manage to become our best selves. And for me, coming into stoicism, you know, from Tim Ferriss to Ryan Holiday to Seneca, uh, really learning about that practice, that philosophy, for me was a, a really good framework for teeing up some of these lessons on saying, okay, how do we take control of the one thing we can ever own. Our body, we, we saw starting 2020, if we didn't know before, we don't own our body. We can do right? everything we want. We can eat well, we can sleep, we can get vaccines if we want, but we can still get sick. Oh, a tiny little virus we can't see can get us sick if it wants yeah. to. We don't own our body. We don't own our material possessions. You could be a billionaire and US and Russia get in a fight and all of a sudden your yachts are taken away. And that it's that precarious. Anything physically we own can be taken away. But the one thing we have from birth and always have and always had is our mind, our mindset, our mentality. And yet, if you look around, we just give it away. We just give it away and we're renting the pieces back. We give it four hours a night to Netflix, two hours a day to social media. What some jerk said to us in the line at the grocery store, right? Like we just gave it to people who don't even know they own it. We just gave it to them and we're just like, oh my God, I have no free time. Well, no, you, you are a renter. You just took what was left after you gave everything away. And there's that's natural, but it's not a good way to live. I love this so much because that is like, that is the world that we live in. Like we really do. I, people are operating. Life is happening to them. They're just reacting. They're just, and I have no time. Okay. But really like you are in control. Like, so you allocate what you're choosing and your choices. And yet people feel so chaotic and stressed and all of the time. So I love this idea of like taking back ownership of your headspace and of your mind and of that thing, like the one thing that you really do fully own, like that is, I've never thought about that before. Like that's so cool. Yeah. And it, and it's like, we get worse with age. Cause if you go watch a three-year-old they don't get distracted. They're in it, oh, right? Yeah, They're no in it to win it. They don't hear you talking to them. They're so totally, true. they don't, they don't look at the mirror. Do I have anything in my teeth? They don't care. Like they're living their lives. And all of a sudden we get this self-conscious and what are other people yeah. thinking? What are they saying about me? What, it, it's something we learn 
that does us this horrible disservice uh, in terms of living a, a really fulfilled and happy life. Yeah, I love it. And it is such a learned thing. Like we're just conditioned. Like we, we take it in from what we hear other people talking about and what we think is what we're supposed to do and just so many different things. And I love that you talk about the children because holy moly, you can learn so much from kids. Like just how authentically bold and courageous and unapologetic and And then we learn how to just like tone ourselves down and fit into a box and please people. And it's like, oh my heavens, you have to really unlearn some heavy, strong stuff in order to free yourself. And like you talk about, like live your best life truly. Yeah. I mean, we are all snowflakes, right? We all have unique shapes and over life to fit into society's box. Like maybe it's a box in this culture. It's a triangle in this culture. It's a circle over here. We shave those edges down to fit that shape. We become less of our true identity over time. So we shave those edges and it's, it's a shame. We don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say if, if, if someone's like, okay, well, I love what you're talking about. I love the idea of taking kind of like taking ownership of that. How, how do you go about that? Like, what does that even look like? Yeah. So, I mean, the first step is to recognize who are you giving it to? Who are you renting from? And they're really in three big buckets. There's other people. Hey, am I giving my mind to other people? Am I giving it away? I can't stop someone walking across, you know, down the street in front of my house, but I get it aside. Do I open the door and let them just move in? Mm. Right. Like treat your mind the same way. I can't stop that somebody said that thing or that that person did that thing. But I can decide, do I want to let them move in for the next hour or two, the next day or two with that? I get to choose that. Um, So other people, the second big group's events and circumstances Mm. outside of our control, right? And so we talk about, uh, there's a book from Timothy Robbins. I forget even the title, but there was this character. It's like, yeah, at a certain point in my life, I realized I could be the kind of person who complains about the weather or I could not be that person. Like we have the choice. As soon as I read that, I was like... I never again in my life am going to complain about the weather. Like I, I have the decision. Do I want to be that person? Yeah. Why would I ever want to be that person? <laughs> what can so I do about true. the weather? Why would I put any time or do that? Um, so and so true. events and circumstances, whether it's weather, it's sporting events, it's what other people do, what they say, like things outside of your control, events and circumstances. And then the third is, is probably the most difficult. And that's this different and imagined versions of ourselves. So, oh, you know, when I retire, this is going to be better. Or, oh, when I was in my 20s, it was better. Or if only this thing would happen, these these imagined lives. And we give away so much of our life to this imagined future or this imagined past. Because definitionally, both of those can only exist in our imagination. Right. The only time that ever exists, it's ever lived, ever, is the present moment. That's the only time. And so if we start thinking about the past, that literally only exists in our head. There may be matching with how other people are thinking about the past or future, but it doesn't exist. It's only imagined. It's just the present that lives. And because we spend so much of our lives not living in the present, we gave it away. We just missed the life that we were given. Um, and so you you really have to take each one in turn. And, and that's where the book, there are 13 core stoic tenets that I use as a framework to go through each of those. Like, how do we reclaim from other people? How do we uh, calculate our value, right? If we don't know what we're worth, how can we expect anyone else to value us? Yeah. We were talking about giving our time and life away to other things. 
Well, if we don't know what we want that life to be, how how do we know what we want to fit in? So, you know, you think about budgeting. Probably the most useful thing that that I hear from people coming out of the book is this this concept of zero based calendaring. So, with our budget, financial budget, a normal thing to do is say, "Oh, well, here's what I spent last year. Here's what I spent last month. How do I want to change that?" And so that's saying, "Okay, I'm, I'm taking control of my calendar. I'm going to look at what I where I spent my time and how I want to adjust it." But why? Like, why do you think that was right to start with? Maybe, maybe instead you erase it all and you say, hey, here's how I want to live the life that I want to live. Here's how many hours a day I want to sleep. Here's how many hours a day I don't want a device in front of me. I want to be with my family. I want to be exercising. I want to eat. Here's how many hours a day I want to work. And within work, here's how many hours are going to clients or going to learning or going to my team and management or going to writing or blogging or whatever it is, right? And you you shape that. And if it's more than 24 hours a day, if it's more than the requisite number of hours in a week, you're going to have to do some budget cutting, right? And say, okay, well, this is going to have to give. But then you decide, okay, do I have space for social media? Okay, I do. I I proactively choose that I want to have 30 minutes a day for social media. Great. That's how much you give it. You don't give it to our, or I want to give 30 minutes a day to Netflix. Like I, when, when the, the default auto play, <laughs> the next episode comes up, like, no Netflix, you don't own my time. I do. Yeah. I decide I'm giving you 30 minutes and it drives my wife mad because whether we're watching a 20 minute show or we're watching a 45 minute show or hour and a half, I'm like, I got 30 minutes. <laughs> We're stopping here. You cut it off. I, I cut it off. You're They're like good. this is this is what I give to this activity. Yeah, I love um, it. And so, it, but otherwise, why why would I give Netflix ownership no, of my it. time? I'm like, why? <laughs> Reed, Reed Hastings doesn't need to own my time. He owns enough things. Like right? th- my time is mine. Okay, this is so good. So you time block then. You you're like very big on blocking out big on days. Time blocking. time blocking. So am I. I love this so much because. It was so interesting. I was feeling we run a few businesses. I have five kids. We homeschool. Like we got a lot going on. (laughs) And yet I never, ever feel like, oh my gosh, I don't have time. I I never get into that space because every week I block it all out and I make sure that we allocate time for school and time for my work and time for unplugged and time for the farm. and, And we have so much time to do everything that matters to us. Yeah. What is not there is all the crap that I used to do that was fluff that was not moving our life forward. It was not aligned with my purpose. It was not aligned with anything that I cared about. And yet, just like you said, it had found a way into my days just because it was there. Right. And so I love that you do that too. Um, Cause it's and, so- and, and pre audit. Right. Oh, so yeah. the, the other thing I do is on Friday, I have part of the time blocking 30 minutes blocked to look at the next week. Hey, did I stick? to what I said I wanted my life to look like next week. Oh no, I, I did too much. Okay. Well, I might need to reschedule some meetings or, yeah. oh, I'm traveling. Yeah. This week is going to look different because of that, right? It, are there good reasons or they're not? And if they're not, I get, I decide that before I go into the week, I go change yeah. it. And that's super important too, because something that I've heard from people who are like, yeah, I love the idea, but every time I go into it, time blocking, like I get off track and then I'm just like, Oh, screw it. It's like some people act with a diet. Like they mess up one thing and then they're like, Oh, I ruined the whole day. So now, and they get in this cycle of like, I just can't stick with it. One thing that's worked for me as far as like time blocking is I more chunk the 
how do I put this? Like I group, like I have my business time and then within my business time, I only have a couple things that are like set in stone for the time that I need to do them. And the other things I just know I need to get these things accomplished whenever it fits in. It doesn't matter, but I know for sure. And that's something that I think a lot of people try to do like, okay, at 1030, I'm doing this and 11 o'clock I'm doing this and 1115 I'm doing this. And then when they get off, they like really are kind of like up in arms. And so that's one thing that I do recommend with time blocking is like, give yourself some space to kind of let it flow a little bit, but, oh man. For sure. That's one of the things that the show is really big on is know what's in your control and what's not. Yeah. And time blocking for time that's in your control. Like, Hey, this is only dependent on me when I go to the gym or when I have dinner with my family, right? Like maybe, or maybe not, right? If everybody (laughs) has different activities, it may be a little less control. Um, But if you have things, you're like, oh, I need to problem solve with my team at this time. And you're coordinating four or five different calendars. What you're saying is, hey, I need 60 minutes twice a week for this. And that's a time that can be flexible. I just need to make sure that I have that to be able to slot in. Uh, But totally, totally agree. It's saying, hey, and that's where prospectively making sure that week looks like that. Of Okay. Did we schedule those two 60 minute sessions? Do we, do we manage to do that? And then other things can fit on around it because otherwise you can spend your entire life responding to emails and chat messages and accomplish nothing. Like you can fill the day, but it's not leading to the purposeful life you want, right? No one else is going to design your life that you want to live. No one's thinking about you and your life design. If you're not going to do it, no one else is going to do it. Oh, it's so true. And a lot of our listeners are, a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs. So they're building businesses and lots of them are doing things on the side. So, um, network marketing and things that like, they're really trying to find gaps. They're really trying to find white space. They're trying to add something into an already very busy life. Yeah. And that is one thing that has made all the difference is I would ask myself every single day, is this moving me closer to the life I want? Or is it moving me further away? And it is so black and white. Like I have my highest priorities. I have the things that are my glass balls that I will not drop because they'll shatter and I'm not willing to do that. And those things, they get in there. And then it was so clear what I needed to clear out and what I needed to like, let go for the season that I was in to build something extra and to really get it going. So I think it's really being disciplined and intentional with, okay, what's most important to you? Where can, if it's important to you, you got to make the time for it because it deserves the time. Yeah. And then you've got to make sure that your family is on the same page. So, so it's like, we do a, we do a weekly meeting and are just like, okay, what do you have? What do you have? What do you have? What do you have? That's all on my schedule because obviously I'm like running the show. So no, no one is like less important or nothing is more important Family stuff is there. Date night is there. Yeah. Kids stuff is there. Work is there. And I think lots of times when someone's trying to build something on the side, it's such an option that they're like, oh, well, I'll do it when it's convenient. Yeah. I'll do it when I have the time. And it's like, you're never going to have the time. You don't magically you put it on the there. Time. You make the time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think going back to what you were talking about with diets or once you slip and people throw it out the door. I mean, this is the whole point of the prospectively and retrospectively auditing, right? So on the zero-based design, this wasn't something I did four years ago, right? It was something I did four years ago, and then that I did 
what's that, 45 months ago, and that I did 42 months ago. It's something I do each quarter. Yeah. Because what my life needs to look like, or I want it to look like for the next three months or the next month changes. So assuming just because I did it once, that it's going to be the right thing, that doesn't work. And guess what? The first time I did it, I wasn't great at it. So I do it. I'm like, oh man, this just really didn't work. And maybe I was unrealistic about some things. Let me go reassess what this should look like. And you you adjust. Yeah. But throwing, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Right? Like you, you go and you say, what is working? What is not? What do I need to be better at my expectations? Do I need to be better at holding my boundaries? Mm-hmm. You know, what is it that needs to change? And then keep keep going through the exercise. I love that just reminder that you just continue to figure it out. You continue to give yourself grace in it all, but you don't throw it out and just stop trying. Like if you're committed to something, which is living your best life, essentially, I think all of our listeners can agree that they are willing to grow. They're willing to learn. They're willing to, you know, figure stuff out. But I think so oftentimes we're so freaking hard on ourselves and we expect so much to happen so fast that when it doesn't, we're like, Oh, wasn't for us. We're just going to continue to coast through life. This is just what it is. And we're done. Like this is a a lifelong progression of tweaking and and course correcting. And that's, that's brings up another one of the, the really core tenants to all of this is it's about the process, not the results, right? When you, when you think about yes. what's in your control and what you're not, it's the results, right? Nadal can train as hard as he wants. He can have great nutrition. He can get great sleep. If he gets hurt, can't control that. Like right. he can help in the preparation. When he plays Djokovic, only one's going to win, right? They can all control the process they put in. They can't control the outcome. So if all we're focused on is the outcome, is the marathon that we said, okay, we're going to get in shape because I'm going to use this marathon as my motivator. Then we hit that marathon or until I get to this weight or until I I want to get in great shape for this wedding. So I look great for all my college friends, whatever it is. <laughs> then that comes and, and how the science works is we get this huge dopamine spike because we hit that finish line. But how dopamine spikes work is the higher it is, the lower the subsequent low is and the longer it is. And so we're more likely to fall off. But if instead we're getting that dopamine hit from the process, you're like, actually, I kind of like going to the gym. Like I play great music. I treat myself with this latte afterwards. Like I like how I feel or, Hey, I I really like eating good food. I don't feel greasy and slow afterwards. Like I'm actually enjoying eating this healthy food, whatever it is, we get it from the process. Then the, the end goal, maybe we set our target too short. Right. Like maybe we can go even further. I, I was doing a yoga class and they were saying, Hey, don't try to reach your toes. Don't even worry about your toes. Just like do this. And then you see, and virtually everybody's way past their toes. Like if you would just focus on that, it would have felt tight. Like you're, you're setting your bar too low on what you are capable of accomplishing, but just focus on the process. Don't get hung up on the result. That's not in your control. All right. We're taking a quick time out. I got to tell you about this as a mom who is busy and healthy living is important to us. When I started my gut gut health journey, I really got excited about making swaps within our home, just swapping out some of the kids snacks and swapping out some of the things that were our norm that weren't super healthy, but the kids still enjoyed, or we still enjoyed. I'm like, can we get a healthier version of this? Can we make healthy eating even more convenient? And thankfully, as I was on that path to figuring that all out, 
I saw something about thrive market online. Now you've probably heard about this. Maybe I live under a rock, but it was like heaven sent when I found this. And I want to make sure that you know about it. If you don't already, because it has been a game changer for mom life and healthy living. I have some of my key staples on auto ship. So they come on a monthly basis. I don't have to think twice about it. Lots of the kids snacks, lots of the frozen, like the frozen food staples that you just kind of forget about getting at the grocery store. And literally it's made everything just flow so much more smoothly. So I have a code for you that you can save 40% off your entire first order. Okay. Now let me give you a little coaching. I swapped out so many things, sauces, snacks, some of those staples that I was talking about, like condiments just for healthier versions or gluten-free versions of certain things or whatever. So my advice to you is you get 40% off one time. So don't use this code just when you're getting a couple things. Like if you really want to see what thrive is all about, use this code where, when you can get the most bang for your buck off of that 40% code, because when I did my first order, I just got a few things and then I'm like, oh man, I totally did that wrong. And then I went back in and ordered a huge order on my second time. And I'm like, well, that was silly. So just my two cents, because I wish I had done it differently. (laughs) Don't make my mistake. So if you want to take advantage of this, the prices are affordable. They're very, very, very comparable to what you'll find at Costco or things at grocery stores or whatever. And oftentimes I find that they're even cheaper on Thrive Market, which makes it even cooler. So if you want to take advantage of this and you want to make healthy eating even more convenient for your family, Go to micafolsomfit.com slash thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E, and that will get you access to the 40% off of your first order. All right, go snag it. Happy shopping. Let's get back to the show. I love this so much. And especially we can totally relate this specifically to building the type of business. Like, like I want to speak to our network marketers for a second, because in the industry, it is so easy. You hear what's possible. You hear, okay, you can create all of these things, build all this income, make all this impact. And then we set these big goals and then we don't give ourselves enough time to grow and figure it out and learn and bring it to life. So we expect too much too soon and give up way too freaking fast when really what you're capable of and what's possible is so much bigger than what you probably even are believing that's possible for you. And you're not giving yourself the chance to create that because you're like, you're just misaligned. And so I love that analogy of like, when, when things shifted for me, especially on my health journey, because I was like, I grew up an athlete. And so essentially I had to work out. Like it was a part of just what I did every day. Well, after I had my first baby and I didn't have to work out anymore, I was like, oh crap, I feel like crud. I got to figure this out. But I was the ultimate all in, all out, all in, all out. I'd set yeah. a goal. I'd Decent hit family. it. Yeah. Yes, I'd hit it. And then I'd be like, sweet. All right, now I'm going to go have all the things that I just haven't eaten in months. And then it was like this ongoing, exhausting cycle until I was like, oh, wait, I'm just training for life. I'm just eating for life. I just want to feel good. That doesn't have a date. 
that doesn't have a deadline. And the same goes for your business. Like when you stop giving yourself a goal in six months and you're like, okay, big picture, this is what I'm building. This is what I'm creating. This is the impact. This is the mission. Yeah. You can get behind that. And every freaking day you can align your choices. So you feel excited and fulfilled and aligned. And that's, what's going to keep you showing up. Yeah. I mean, it's great analogies. It's, it's ones I use a lot with reclaiming ownership. Like, okay, so how do you do it? I'm like, it's, it's a process of doing, right? The reason I wrote the book, my wife gets frustrated. She's like, wait, you're not Buddha. You're not perfect at this. Like, I know that's why I have this. These are the exercises I use and have to go back to because my default's the opposite. That my default is not to do these things. So I have to put these structures in place to remind myself and go back. And it's, it's like exercise or diet. It's not, we don't go eat healthy for a month. They're like, okay, I'm set for life. Like I'll right. just have cheeseburgers the rest of my life. It doesn't work like that. Or exercise. Like, yep, did a whole week in the gym. I'm done for the rest of my life. No, these are things to build a healthy body or to build a healthy mind. We have to continue to work on them and invest yeah. in them, but it's worth it, right? Like there's, there's nothing more Always. valuable. Yeah. So, okay. Circling all the way back in case our listeners are like, he keeps talking about stoicism and he keeps like, what is that? Yeah. At yeah, the yeah. Core. Let's, let's go to it. So <laughs> there's stoic with a lowercase s, right? And that's where people think stony face. These people feel no emotion. They have no joy in their life. They're stoic, right? That That's what the adjective means. It's stoic. But that's different than capital S stoicism or being a stoic capital S. And that is this ancient philosophy, you know, more than 2000 years old that at its most basic essence is really distinguishing between what can I control and what can I not. It is the serenity prayer, right? It is the serenity prayer. What is in my control and what is not? And let me spend my life to get that inner tranquility and that outer effectiveness by focusing on what's in my control and not on the things that are not in my control. Am I going to be someone who complains about the weather or not that person? We all have that choice. There's only one right answer. (laughs) Right. Okay. I love that. So your entire book is highlighting like some of these tried and true. Like, yeah. So, uh, so what it is, it's, it takes these 13 courses. So it, it introduces this concept that, that I call mind ownership, right? Mental tenancy that we default, even though our one thing we own is our brain is our mind. We default to giving it away and just being renters. Mm-hmm. So why in the world is that? So it gets into the evolutionary biology that led us to this point. The answer was our brains did not evolve for the world in which we live in. 99.996% of our lives were hunters and gatherers. That's the brain we have. We don't live like hunters <laughs> and gatherers anymore. We live in a totally different environment. Excellent. We create more data every single day than all of human history before the year 1900. All of human history Wild. before 1900 in a single day. You think about every TikTok video, every Instagram post, every twi- tweet, like all that just adds up it, these podcasts. And so our brains are not adapted to deal with this environment, but we have ways to overcome it. And so it, it introduces, Hey, here's the biology behind it, but guess what? There are remedies and the remedies pull the structure from these 13 core tenants from stoicism um, to evict other people, the tenants, uh, events and circumstances outside our control. And those different and imagined versions of ourselves. And then it uses illustrations from incredible people, from Dr. Martin Luther King's daughter, Bernice King, from 
Navy SEALs, from Olympians, from the founder of DocuSign, from musicians and artists and entrepreneurs all, all over saying, you know, we each have our own aha moments. We each see something that really resonates with us in different ways. And so it, it pulls some from my journey, building rena.com and Vacation Futures, but also from these just incredible people I got to meet through that journey and, and tell their personal stories. And then books like this can make you feel great. You're like, oh, this is so great. And then you put it down and you go to the next one. Like that's not terribly useful. So this one has at the end of each chapter, uh, exercises and worksheets to say, okay, now how do I go do it? You, you talk about zero-based calendaring. Great. Here's the calendar. Here's the step-by-step process. And there's a free downloadable PDF with all the exercises, with all the takeaways. Say, no, this is a workbook. This is a workbook for life because it's one thing to know, but like G.I. Joe said, learning is half the battle, right? Yeah. The other half, we got to actually go do something about it. Yeah. Applications where the transformation happens. Like, I think that's something, I think we're in this world of people are hungry to learn. They're hungry to study. They're hungry to um, change. But so many people get stuck in the learning, in the listening, in the reading book after book after book and listening to podcasts after podcasts after podcasts. And then they're just continuing to do the same things and think the same thoughts and and live the same life. And it's like, I, I love that your book does that where it applies the application. It's giving, it's making it easy. Okay. You just read this. You just learned this. You just became aware of this. Now let's put it in play how it works for you in your life. Like that's so, so, so good. How has implementing everything that you included in your book and your teaching, how has implementing these things into your own life? How has that impacted your own personal experience? I mean, my my life was not always, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Right. I mean, it's, and it's things I have to go back and remind myself on. You know, one of the things is say one, do less and do it better. And as I sit and I meditate in the morning, my daughter comes and sits in my lap. Or I'm out for a swim. We live in Bermuda. Our stairs go into the ocean. I swim in the ocean every day. I swim. And just thinking about there's not more of anything in my life that if I had, I would choose to do something other than these activities, right? Like this literally is the thing I would choose 10 times out of 10 every time in this moment. Appreciating those moments of like, no, I've crafted this life. This is the thing. Having this conversation with you, I chose to do this. This is the thing I chose beyond all others right now to spend this time with you. I'm going to be here and do this, right? And just appreciating those moments because once you take that control, once you own your mind, you own your time, you own your life, you can appreciate that life in a totally new way. It's not something happening to you. You look at your calendar. Oh, I can't believe I have this. And you're like, no, I put that on my calendar. I have a reason yeah. that's on my calendar. I'm psyched to do this because I put it there. You sometimes see the ancient times or like people who are, have figured it out. And it's like, you forget that so much of what they learned and what they lived is still completely applicable today. It's just, we've gotten so busy and so distracted. And so just, I don't even know, like that we don't take the time to just practice what has always been there for us. Yeah. I mean, there's so much to unpack there, right? Like (laughs) one, there's a reason there was a Buddha, right? There was, there was this one guy who figured out and got enlightenment and everybody else has just been trying. Right. And so the big stoic texts meditations by Marcus Aurelius. He was a Roman emperor. And the most famous text is meditations, this this book. It was his personal journal. 
it wasn't him writing on the, Hey, this is what made my life better. It was him reminding himself every day, Hey, I'm going to encounter a bunch of jerks today. I know that going in. Do I want that to dictate my mood or do I want to own my mood? He's telling himself this as the emperor, right? It, it, nobody else got that same enlightenment. They had to keep reminding themselves to do these things. And I don't think it's an accident that 2000 to 2,500 years ago, Siddhartha over in India, Lao Tzu in China, Seneca, Epictetus, Marcus Aurelius in Rome and Greece were coming to the same ideas. It's because we had gone from 99.996% of our life as hunters and gatherers to living in cities, to living in societies, to having totally different challenges that our brain was not evolved to yeah. deal with. And so they came to these human truths and because our brain, we can't, we can't stop the biology. Like someone says something awful, someone cuts you off in traffic, the lizard brain is going to rear up. You're right. going to have that natural reaction. You're not going to stop that. Just like you can't stop the person walking in front of your door. But what you can do is notice it and decide, okay, now do I want to give more mind and time to this or not? Do I want to open the door and invite that person in and just move in on my couch or not? That's where the difference comes is being better at noticing those times and then proactively taking that ownership back. You can't get away from the lizard brain because it's our lizard brain. We can't, yeah. unless you look, God bless you. If you get enlightenment, right. You know, if, if you get to the Buddha, great on you. Um, I'm not there. That's why I have to keep revisiting these exercises. Yeah. Oh, this is so great. I'm like, I'm like, okay, I need to go get your book right now so I can digest all of this stuff and learn even more about this. Um, where, where can people get it? Where can they get your book? Where can they connect more with you? Yeah. I mean, literally anywhere you can get it. My, my website is my name, mandrewmcconnell.com, but the, the book is on Amazon, on Books A Million, on Barnes & Noble. Cool. It's available uh, hardcover. It's available Kindle. It's available Audible. You, you got all the options. Awesome. And they just searched get out of my head or is it the full? The if you do full get thing? out of my head, Andrew, get out of my head, McConnell, it, there's, that. there's one other one, um, get out of my head, a, a different book. And then there's a get out of your head, which could be confusing. Um, <laughs> that's a, from a lady, totally different book, but get out of my head. My book is get out of my head, creating modern clarity with stoic wisdom. I love it. So great. This is so good. I could like pick your brain for hours and hours and hours. Um, thank you so much, Andrew, for taking time. I didn't realize you were in Bermuda. Are you serious <laughs> right now? How yeah. long have you been there? We're entering our third year of our one month visit. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh we're, my we're... gosh. One month. And you're just like, no, we're staying here. It's so my, my wife's originally British. Her family's all in the UK. When COVID happened, they closed all the borders. Oh yeah. So they were canceling trips to see us. We were canceling trips to see them. We couldn't see each other. And my father-in-law's best friend lived in Bermuda and has kids my wife's age. They grew up coming here. He said, you know what? Our borders are open to both. I have this oh house. It was gosh. a vacation rental. It's empty for the month of September. Would you like a free house in Bermuda in the middle of a pandemic? <laughs> yes, please. My wife forwards me the email, says, hey, we should let's talk about this at dinner tonight. I replied within seconds, said, there's nothing to talk <laughs> about. I already booked our flights. Like, What, what are you talking about? Uh, so we get here. Five days in, we're just walking in just azure, beautiful waters, the sun, everything. And we learned that there's a digital nomad program. And we said, wait a minute, we're not going to the office. Could we not go to the office from an island? Let's, let's think about this. And so we enrolled our daughter in school out here and so yeah, it's rad. been amazing. That is so cool. And 
like you couldn't do that if you were running all year, like other stuff, like at, at the office and whatever, like just how everything played out and to put you in the place where you're like, yeah, let's go. Let's run everything from Bermuda. Like what a freaking life you have built. So cool. It's been pretty great. Yeah. When you said, how is this stuff up my life? I'm like, my life's pretty great. I I really love my life. (laughs) I love it. And everyone should, and everyone can, like, I think that's what lights me up. I'm like, when I think back on our life, it like, we are living the life that we choose to live. And that's what drove me more than anything else. When I started building my business nine years ago and I had all the doubts and all the, whatever, I don't know how, but it takes, and I don't, whatever I was like, but I know what life I want to create. And I know that if I have something that's possible, like I'm going to just take it and run. And I don't want anyone telling me what to do. I don't want to check in with anyone. I don't want to have to do something because of finances or time or whatever. I want to be a free bird to choose exactly what I want to do. And it's like, I feel like that's what lights me up so much is knowing that if we could create a life we love, so can everyone else. And there's ample opportunity and there's ample like teachings and understandings. And it's just people taking that ownership. That's why I love what you're all about. Cause it really is like, you've got to take responsibility first and foremost for what's going on. If you're ever going to change anything. If we have time, I do want to give kind of one extra bit here. And that, that is. You know, we can think it's easy to think, oh, this guy is living in Bermuda. Great. Yeah. His life. And people always say, oh, you're going to have a really hard time when you leave. And my response to them is, and it's true, I can be happy anywhere. Yeah. I can't. Like, I get to decide, am I going to be happy or not? And I can be happy anywhere. And the Stoics, Taoists, Buddhists all come to the same thing of, hey, we can think we're going to be happy, we're going to be fulfilled, whatever, when we get to this stage, when we achieve this, when we gain this amount of money. Or, we could say, let me just subtract from everything and say, hey, I'm really happy with the stuff I have. And that's one of the exercises in the book is to go through and imagine not having some of the things that you have today, right? Like you think, oh, when I get this great new car, everything's going to be great. Two weeks pass and you see another car, you're like, I want that new one. <laughs> but imagine you got an accident and the car is gone. You had no car. Like go through that exercise. It, it gets really hard when Maybe you're frustrated with a, a child or a spouse, but you sit there and you say, no, 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 I'm going to imagine, I'm going to sit here, close my eyes and imagine I'm waking up tomorrow and I don't get to see that person ever again. That is gone. I can tell you, you go through that, everything you feel, you're going to be in the kitchen. You're going to, you're going to be imagining like, I totally forgot. I, I want to say this. And then it's going to hit you. Wait, I can't, I can never say that to them again. When you open your eyes and you see that person again. There's not another thing in the world you want. You just want to hold that person. You want to love that person. You don't need more. You need to love what you have. And we can do that. Right now. Yeah. I think that's like, I have goosebumps all over my entire body. I think that's one of the most important lessons that we ever learn is like, it's never bad to want more, to want to grow, to want to evolve, to want to experience different things. But while you're wanting those things and, and working towards them, you have so much in your life right now yeah. to be grateful for, to appreciate, to cherish. And when you live in that state of gratitude, appreciation, love, it's a completely different feeling of always right. like wanting and wanting and wanting and never feeling like you feel empty. Right. I can want that, but I'm not going to delay happiness. I'm not going to yes. delay fulfillment for that. Like that's that thing, but I'm happy and fulfilled here. Yeah. 
That's the perfect way to end. Love it so much. So good. Andrew, thank you so much for taking time out of your beautiful life in Bermuda to pour wisdom into us. You guys go grab his book right now. Like do not do anything else in your distracted life. Go grab his book, read it, digest it, apply. And if you found this valuable, make sure you share it with your friends on social. Are you on Instagram? That's where most of my listeners hang out. Oh yeah. Instagram. I followed yeah. you. Of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell them where to find you on there so they can tag you. Yeah. At M Andrew McConnell, uh, at Twitter's at M a McConnell. It, everything is some permutation of M Andrew McConnell, M a McConnell uh, <laughs> perfect, on all perfect. the socials. Awesome. You guys, and be sure to tag me. Of course, I love hearing what resonated. This is an episode you'll want to go back and listen to. So powerful. So great. Thank you, Andrew. Once again, you guys will see you back here in another week. Bye. Wrapping up another episode. And I just want to thank you for sticking around before you head out. I would love to hear from you. It would mean the world to me if you left this podcast a quick review wherever you're listening from. And if you got some nuggets from the message today, don't forget to share it with your friends, your team, and your Instagram story so that anyone else who needs it can find it too. And be sure to tag me so that I can shout you out and share your page with my friends. Thanks for hanging. Now let's go take action on those goals and dreams because if you can feel it in your heart and see it in your head, then you can hold it in your hand. So until next time, go do your craft.